Welcome to the Neuropathy Support Group and Podcast. I'm Chris, and I'm so glad you tuned in. It's my hope with this podcast to help all of us gather information that might help those that need support dealing with this debilitating issue. Hello, and welcome to this podcast. Before we get started, let's get the formalities out of the way with the medical and privacy disclaimer. I am not a doctor or medical professional. The information on this podcast is from personal experiences and is meant for group support. Additionally, the information discussed is not meant to diagnose, treat, or cure any underlying conditions associated with neuropathy. All names here within are private and will not be shared with any outside sources. Please consult your healthcare provider before making any health decisions. If you have medical concerns or an immediate emergency, please contact your doctor or dial 911. Well, how's everyone doing? Here we are another Monday in another episode. Everything's been going okay for me right now. I haven't done a lot of the reviews yet with the doctors in regards to my test, but we'll get it done some of it this week and the rest next week. But other than that, I hope everyone else is enjoying their time off or days off and getting outside, enjoying time with the family. I know there's some really stormy states out there that are dealing with a lot of bad weather, and especially Hawaii, um, Maui, especially, that all these fires that they're having, it's just unbelievable, all the damage that's going on. I, I visited that place, uh, Luana, and that place was remarkable. And, and it, they had the banyan tree, and it was a good place, and now it's all, it's all rubble. There's nothing left of it. That's just... It's so weird. I'm wondering even how those fires started. I don't know. But today we're going to be talking about our last uh, series with this episode here in regards to different types of neuropathy. And today's going to be on cranial neuropathy, which is one that I did not know existed. Um, I thought there were only four until I did a little bit more research and I found this one also. So we're going to talk about cranial neuropathy, and then next week I'm going to be um, doing a little, um, another show, but it's going to be talking about the Pacific cranial neuropathy that I see when I look at my um, other pages on Facebook and other people I belong to, and this is one of the ones that I feel is really a major issue for them. And the pain that they're in, and I felt that this would be something to talk about and see if there's any relief for the people that deal with that debilitating issue. And it's hard for me to pronounce the name, but when we get there, I should know what it is by then. But all right, here we go. Cranial neuropathy, what to know? Cranial neuropathy occurs when there is damage to the cranial nerves in the brain or brain stem. Depending on the affected cranial nerve, people may experience different symptoms such as weakness on one side of their face. The human brain has 12 pairs of cranial nerves that are responsible for processing sensory information or movement. Damage to any of the part of the cranial nerves can affect various functions 
For example, third nerve palsy can lead to changes in eye movement or vision. Treatment for cranial neuropathy can vary. It may include medications, surgery, and complementary therapies. A doctor can advise on the best treatment possible. So here's different types. Cranial neuropathy most commonly affects cranial nerves. The oculomotor nerve, doctors refer to this condition as third nerve palsy. Cranial nerve three branches out to connect the pupil and lens, the upper eyelid, muscles surrounding the eye. Therefore, this type of neuropathy can affect vision. Other cranial neuropathies include Bell's palsy, fourth nerve palsy, and sixth nerve palsy. A person may have damage to more than one cranial nerve, resulting in multiple cranial neuropathies. Microvascular cranial nerve palsy is a neuropathy type that can affect one or more cranial nerves. It can lead to changes in the vision. So here's the causes. The specific causes of cranial neuropathy can depend on the type someone has. For example, in microvascular cranial nerve palsy, a lack of blood flow to nerves in the brain typically leads to neuropathy. Now, I hope I don't butcher this name here, but trigeminal neurology uh, occurs when cranial nerve V becomes irritated or damaged. Damage to this nerve usually results from trauma or injury or from blood vessels pushing up against the nerve. Experts have identified several causes of third nerve palsy, including blood clots, trauma, and bleeding. Dysfunction in cranial nerve 3 can sometimes occur if a, if a tumor is growing on or near the nerve. Still, in some cases, the cause of neuropathy is unknown. For example, doctors did not yet know the exact cause of Bell's palsy. So now we're going to talk about some of the general symptoms that goes along with cranial neuropathy. Symptoms can depend on the specific cranial nerve the neuropathy affects. Some nerves have specific functions such as vision, taste, and hearing. Therefore, damage can lead to a loss of these functions. For example, when the optic nerve is damaged, people may experience lifelong vision impairments. When nerves become damaged, they typically signal pain, numbness, and weakness. Cranial nerve 7, which connects the brain to the muscles of the face, becomes damaged in Bell's palsy. This leads to the following symptoms. Drooping of the eyebrow and mouth, drooping of one side of the mouth, sudden weakness or paralysis on one side of the mouth, and trouble closing the eyelid on the affected side. The symptoms of cranial neuropathy can vary greatly from person to person. So let's go ahead and talk about the diagnosis. As a first time diagnosing cranial neuropathy, a doctor will take a person's medical history. Then, depending on the type of cranial neuropathy the doctor suspects, over tests become necessary. Other tests become necessary. A physical examination is another way to assess neuropathy 
symptoms. For example, for Bell's palsy, doctors will examine upper and lower facial muscles for weakness. Doctors may order the following tests. Blood pressure and blood sugar checks, complete blood counts, spinal tap, and imaging tests. Some of these tests can help determine whether the neuropathy has an underlying cause. Neurologists may use other specialized tests in diagnosis and a complete medical history can help diagnose and monitor cranial neuropathies. Various imaging techniques can be helpful, including CT and MRI scans. Both types can detect nerve damage. The choice of the most the choice of the most appropriate type of medical imaging depends on many factors, including the affected cranial nerve, the signs and symptoms of a neuropathy a person has, and specific characteristics of the person. Treatment for cranial neuropathy can vary depending on the specific nerve affected and the person's symptoms. Medications for cranial neuropathy that causes severe pain, doctors may prescribe pain medications such as anti-seizure or antidepressant medications. And some of the more familiar drugs or medications are amitriptyline, Topamax, Neurotin, such as Gabapentin. Depending on the severity of the pain, people with cranial neuropathy may use non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, antihistamines such as Tylenol or opiates. Now, reading some of these stories that I've read so far on Facebook to the individuals that have this issue, they say that the opiates, well, pretty much like us, they don't help at all. Um, most of me like to have the surgery, which is what I'm getting into next right here. But, yeah, they're in so much pain that nothing really controls the pain at all for them. Doctors may prescribe steroids to reduce inflammation and swelling around a nerve. For example, a combination of antiviral drugs and steroids can sometimes be effective for treating Bell's palsy surgery. Sometimes the only option for treating cranial neuropathy is surgery. Surgery can be reconstructive or cosmetic if cranial neuropathies cause damage that affects a person's appearance. Doctors may recommend surgery for some people with Bell's palsy to help them fully close their eyes or to repair a crooked smile. Now, when I've seen, I've seen some of these pictures, and I mean, some of these individuals are cut, and they're they're probably about, pardon, about five, six inches long. I mean, they're long cuts on their head from almost top to bottom behind their ear and it's just oh man I just yeah I can't think about that that's just so hard on them to have to deal with that so here's listed some uh, complementary treatments experts may recommend complementary treatments such as yoga meditation acupuncture and chiropractic therapy be beneficial for other types of neuropathy, for example, doctors may recommend the following for someone living with Bell's palsy, physical therapy, facial massages, and electrical stimulation. So here's your prevention. 
Preventing cranial neuropathy can be challenging because the causes are not always within a person's control. For example, people cannot control where a tumor or blood clots develop. Diabetes is a cause of peripheral neuropathy. A person can be able to a person may be able to prevent type 2 diabetes by maintaining a moderate weight, eating healthy, and exercising regularly. Generally, following guidelines for a safe and healthy lifestyle can keep and can help reduce the risk of developing cranial neuropathy. Alright, when should you seek medical attention? Vision changing, sudden pain, and muscle weakness are symptoms of certain cranial neuropathies. Anyone with these symptoms should consult a doctor immediately, as they might signal a severe medical condition such as a stroke. Also, people who have cranial neuropathy diagnosis may want to make a plan with their doctor about when to call for help. For example, if symptoms worsen, or neural ones develop. And in summary, cranial neuropathies include many conditions that affect any part of the 12 cranial nerves pairs in the brain. General symptoms may include pain, weakness, and loss of function. However, each type of cranial neuropathy has specific symptoms. People concerned about symptoms of cranial neuropathy should speak with the doctor immediately. Some symptoms of cranial neuropathy are similar to those of a stroke or other severe conditions that require medical attention. So since we have about seven minutes less left and what I just described to you about cranial neuropathies talked about a, a lot about Bell's palsy. So I figured, you know what, let's discuss that a little bit to take up the rest of the time. What is Bell's palsy? Bell's palsy is a neurological disorder that causes paralysis or weakness on one side of your face. One of the nerves that controls muscles in your face becomes injured or stops working properly. Symptoms include sudden weakness or paralysis on one side of your face. So what is the main cause of Bell's palsy? Bell palsy is thought to be due to swelling or inflammation of the facial nerve in the area where it travels through the bones of the skull. This nerve controls movement of the muscles in your face. The cause is not often not clear. A type of herpes infection called a herpes simplex or herpes zoster might be involved. Does Bell palsy's ever go away? Bell's palsy is not considered permanent. But in rare cases, it does not disappear. Currently, there is no known cure for Bell's palsy. However, recovering usually begins two weeks to six months from the onset of the symptoms. Most people with Bell's palsy recover full facial strength and expression. So to get some better answers, I jumped over to uh, johnhopkinsmedicine.org and it specifically talks about Bell's, Bell's palsy here. Bell's palsy is an unexplained episode of facial muscle weakness or paralysis. It begins suddenly and worsens over 48 hours. This condition results from damage to the facial nerve, the number seven cranial nerve. Pain and discomfort usually occur on one side of the face or head. 
Bell's palsy can strike anyone at any age. It occurs most often in pregnant women and people who have diabetes, influenza, a cold, or another upper respiratory ailment. Bell's palsy affects men and women equally. It is less common before age 60 or 15 or after age 60. Bell's palsy is not considered permanent, but in rare cases, it does not disappear. Currently, there is no known cure for Bell's palsy. However, recovery usually begins two weeks to six months onset of the symptoms. Most people with Bell's palsy recover full facial strength and expression, which we just talked about right now. Uh, here, what causes Bell's palsy? You've got a longer list here. The cause of Bell's palsy is not known. It is thought that it may be due to inflammation that is directed by the body's immune system against the nerve controlling movement of the face. Bell's palsy is sometimes associated with the following. Diabetes, high blood pressure, an injury, toxins, Lyme, Lyme disease, Guillain-Barr syndrome, and multiple sclerosis. Infected especially following a viral infection with herpes simplex virus, a virus that is related to the cause of common cold sores of the mouth. And this gives us a little bit more also in regards to what are the symptoms of Bell's palsy. There are the most common symptoms of Bell's palsy, disordered movement of the muscles that control facial expressions such as smiling, squinting, blinking, or closing the eyelid, loss of feeling in the face, headache, tearing, drooling, loss of the sense of taste in the front two-thirds of the tongue, hypersensitivity to sound in the affected ear, and inability to close the eye on the affected side of the face. The symptoms of Bell palsy may look like other conditions or medical problems. Always see the healthcare provider for diagnosis. And finally, how is Bell's palsy treated? If a specific cause for Bell's palsy is identified, such as infection, that cause will be treated. Otherwise, the symptoms are treated as needed. One uniformly recommended treatment for Bell's palsy is protecting the eye from drying at night and while working at the computer. Eye care may include eye drops during the day, ointment at bedtime, or a moisture chamber at night. This helps protect the cornea from being scratched, which is crucial to the management of Bell's palsy. Your healthcare provider will prescribe the treatment of your condition based on the severity of your symptoms and your health history. Other treatment options include steroids to reduce inflammation, antiviral medications, moist heat to relieve pain, physical therapy to stimulate the facial nerve. Some people may choose to use alternative therapies in the treatment of Bell's palsy, but there is no proof they make a difference in recovery. Such treatments are relaxation, acupuncture, electrical stimulation, biofeedback training, and vitamin therapy including B12 and B6, and the mineral zinc. And here's the last uh, next steps that you should take. 
And this is tips to help you get the most from a visit to your healthcare provider. These are very important things that you need to make sure you do. Know the reason for your visit and what might happen. Before you visit, write down questions you want answered. Bring someone with you to help you ask questions and remember what your provider tells you. At the visit, write down the name of your new diagnosis and any new medicines, treatments, or tests. Also write down any new instructions your provider gives you. Know why a new medicine or treatment is prescribed and how it will help you. Also, know what the side effects are. And if, you, if your condition can be treated in other ways, know why a test and procedure is recommended and what the results could mean. Know what to expect if you do not take the medicine or have the test or procedure. If you have a follow-up appointment, write down the date, time, and purpose for that visit. And finally, know how you can contact your provider if you have any questions. So that ends this episode today. We are talking about cranial neuropathies. And like I said, next week, this talk here, this episode kind of goes on to the next episode where we talk about a specific um, issue that cranial neuropathy has kind of includes itself within that parameter. So we're going to be talking about that next week. But hey, all of you, please take care of yourself. Have a great week and I will talk to you next Monday. Bye. As we come to a close, it's my hope this podcast and other sources, such as product reviews that I have discussed today, can better our lives and give us some relief dealing with neuropathy. This episode plus others are posted every Monday on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. And finally, whatever life throws at you, even if it hurts you, just be strong and fight through it. Remember, strong walls shake, but never collapse. Talk to you next Monday.